As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look into some closer injuries and some Los Angeles Angels news. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three cold brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, March 23rd. I'm Al Melchior, and with me here is Michael Beller. And just a little bit before we start recording this, Michael, uh, you apprised me of some potentially really big news here. Uh, Zach Gallon was supposed to pitch for the Diamondbacks on Monday. He was scratched with right lateral forearm soreness. You always hate to see any kind of pitcher injury involving the forearm. So based on this extremely limited information, what would this change for you for any kind of upcoming draft? Yeah, well, first of all, let's also mention that Tori Lavulo uh, said that Gallon first reported it to the team when he was hitting, that he felt it when he was hitting. So um, let's just get the universal DH in here already. Let's stop kidding around. Um, unless, until and unless we get some sort of news on Gallon, I would probably be pushing him down draft boards just a little bit. Like right now, let's say I had a draft literally today, and I know nothing else about Gallon besides this. The people who are just behind him in ADP, NFBC ADP, over the last two weeks, Blake Snell, Tyler Glasnow, Kenta Maeda, those are the three, and Lance Lynn. Those are the four starters who are within one round of ADP of where Zach Gallon stands, and I'm talking one round behind him. I would probably take all those guys ahead of him. Now, I'm not saying I would jump Lance Lynn up a full round, but if I am sitting at Lance Lynn's ADP and Zach Gallon's still there, I'm probably going for Lynn. The next guys on the board, Corbin Burns, Steven Strasburg, Hunjin Rue. At this point, I would probably still take Gallon. It's enough for me to push him down beyond a couple of starters, but not totally off my board. Hopefully we get some more news on Gallon, and hopefully it's good because no one wants to get any, any injury to anyone and certainly not to one of the brightest young starting pitchers in the game. Uh, absolutely. We hope for some good news there. And uh, just to get in my two cents, I think I would wait a little longer uh, before taking the, the gamble on Gallon. only because not, I mean, sure, it being a forearm injury does give me more concern than if it were maybe, I don't know, lower body. But, um, 
it, it really says more about how much I like Hunjin Ryu. <laughs> I'd be willing <laughs> to wait a little longer. I, I, there's some, some pictures you mentioned there in the lower yeah. part of that tier that I do, I do like a lot. Um, how about at the, the back end of the draft? Is there anybody that's worth speculating on in case this is something serious? And I'll throw out one name here uh, because our colleague Derek Van Riper, I know that he really likes Corbin Martin. I know he just very recently tweeted something about saying that that Martin, he thought that the, the path to Martin getting a rotation gig might not be uh, that, that difficult for him. So uh, does his name stand out or, or anybody else as a potential replacement? The one guy who stands out to me a little bit more is Caleb Smith. And Caleb Smith was already going to be in Arizona's rotation. But maybe if Gallon does have to start the year on the IL and misses, let's say, a month, maybe there's a little bit more of a leash for Smith to not get off to a hot start and stick in the rotation. We know the strikeout stuff is for real. We're not sure if anything else is or if he can be any better than what he has shown in spurts previously in Miami. So he's the guy who I would throw a little bit more late-round love at out of this Arizona rotation. All right, I'm definitely co-signing on that one for sure. Uh, let's get to some closer news here. And uh, overall, not some great news on the closer front. In fact, uh, two names that uh, people I think were feeling you know, somewhat secure about uh, have, have been hurt uh, in the last day or so. Kirby Yates uh, has been diagnosed with a flexor pronator strain in his right arm, and he's already been... Um, uh, out, been diagnosed uh, with that uh, to be out for several weeks. And Jose Leclerc mm-hmm. is dealing with the sore elbow and he's out indefinitely. So that's certainly not something that we want to hear. Now, that situation in Texas is very, very messy, especially with Leclerc out of the picture, at least temporarily. Uh, there was word that maybe they would go with the committee. Given the options available there, that would make a lot of sense. But right. Toronto, there's a fairly clear successor to Kirby Yates, and that would be Jordan Romano. So how are you liking Romano just on his own merits? And how do you like him given that Yates ostensibly, you know, would be back maybe in a couple of months and maybe would walk right back into that job? Yeah, Romano, I think, uh, ultimately enters the conversation similar to where we talked about Amir Garrett being on yesterday's episode. So I think you know, when you get to you know the low to mid-20s in the closer spot, I feel pretty good about Romano being there. I think with Yates's injury history, uh, you know, going back to last season and now this one, I think that if Romano pitches well during the time that he's afforded as the team's closer, that he would at least have a shot told onto the job. So when I'm thinking about drafting Jordan Romano, the potential Kirby Yates return isn't really factoring into my thinking. And maybe ultimately that comes back and bites me. Maybe Yates does come back and does take over the closer's job. But I don't think it's something that should be part of your you know day of draft decision-making calculus. There's just way too many unknowns between right now and Yates's return date, including what Yates's return date is, for that to some, be something that weighs on your decision. Jordan Romano has pitched well with what the Blue Jays have asked of him. As you said, unlike the situation in Texas, a very clear successor to Kirby Yates as the closer in Toronto. You add it all up. He's a guy who you should feel pretty decent about drafting so long as he's not pushed up into you know, Kirby Yates territory. And so long as it's not just Toronto closer X is getting drafted in the Kirby Yates spot regardless, then I wouldn't want Jordan Romano. As long as you're getting him back at closer 20, 22, 25, I feel pretty good about him. And, you know, we're talking about a couple of closers here in Yates and LeClerc who came into 2021 with some risk. Right. And... 
for whatever reason, and that reason probably being just where they were going. I did pick up Leclerc in a couple of leaks. I pretty much avoided Yates. Mm-hmm. I just didn't get him where he was going at. But if you happen to draft either one, do you think that they are worth stashing, given that there is still a possibility that they could give you, you know, maybe four months out of the season? Without question. I'm not getting rid of either of these guys right now. Uh, you know, Yates, we do have a little bit of a timeline on. I'm obviously concerned about what they're where they're at right now, but I'm not getting rid of either of them right now. That feels very rash, even with our first fab period of most fantasy leagues coming up this weekend. I'm holding on to them. I want a little bit more information before I let either of these guys go. All right. And, you know, I think we're going to give uh, our athletic colleague, Dennis Lynn, here an opportunity to get ready to take a victory lap. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We've talked about Emilio Pagan on some episodes. I think you and I both have said that we're very happy that we took Dennis's advice to draft him, that he looked like the, the likely candidate, the most likely candidate to get the bulk of the save opportunities in San Diego. And there's now another report this time from Kevin AC of the San Diego Union Tribune, uh, where he spoke with Jace Tingler and uh, the, the manager said that he would actually prefer to have a single closer, which really sort of contradicts a lot of the, the reports or at least a lot of the discussion out there that the Padres would go with uh, multiple closers or a committee. So his preference is really to go with the single closer and that within the organization, the preference really has been for Emilio Pagan. So maybe we're not quite there to give Dennis a victory lap, but I, I think we're awfully close. I think we're awfully close too. And Emilio Pagan has looked pretty decent in uh, the spring thus far. Just had a really nice outing that I uh, caught on replay against the Dodgers his last time out. And we know that he can be the sort of guy who locks down the ninth inning. We saw that from him in 2019 when he was one of the best relievers in Major League Baseball. He has the best shot at establishing himself as the Padres go-to closer. And I look at a whole lot more at the 2019 version of Emilio Pagan than the 2020 version as being the guy who uh, is the real player, is the real pitcher. And so I was always always already comfortable taking the shot on him after we got the report uh, from Dennis Lynn on a previous episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. I felt even better about taking the shot on him. And I just think that this is going to be someone who uh, it really takes off. And there's almost no price, no realistic price you're going to have to pay for him on draft day. That doesn't feel attractive to me. I really like this guy as someone who's going to be a fixture in many of my fantasy bullpens. Well, for the upcoming drafts, we can only hope that this latest news report doesn't get around so much that uh, the price. (laughs) Oh, it's going to get around now. You know, it is, you know, it is with the way people are going after relievers, but I feel, I mean, how high could he go? Right. I mean, he's still going to be, it's the price is going to be affordable, no matter what the price ends up being. Realistically, we're not going to talk about him suddenly as going around the Josh Hader range. Right, right, exactly. So uh, fair enough. So you can feel good about that. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, so a couple of Angels uh, items here to get to. Joe Adele was optioned to AAA. No surprise there. But just basically gives us pause to consider what his role in fantasy and obviously what his role for the Angels could be in 2021. What do you see as his path to getting a regular role at some point this year? Um, I, I'm just making that an assumption that he will be a regular at some point this year. So you could certainly contradict that. 
No, I, I mean, I think that there is going to be a path for him. Um, you know, I just look at, you know, right, you have so many parts of this Angels team that is just locked in. And, you know, one spot where you would think that he can maybe find a, a way to the regular lineup is with Dexter Fowler penciled in as this team's starting right fielder. But, you know, Dexter Fowler and Joe Madden have a very successful history with one another. And Joe Madden has a you know, track record of being very loyal to guys who he has had on his teams in the past. And, yeah, I think there's a reason why Dexter Fowler ended up with the Angels this season. Um, we know that Shohei Otani is going to be DHing a, a ton. We know that they're going to find ways to get Albert Pujols into that spot and get him a rest. Probably everyone's going to cycle through that DH spot when Otani is pitching. But I think that the path that is most likely for him to get regular enough ABs is with Justin Upton at being a streaky guy. Either way, I don't see it being enough unless Adele just absolutely you know blows the competition away and demands being an everyday player. I'm not sure it's going to be consistent enough for him to be a big-time fantasy impact guy this year. I just think it's a narrow, narrow path for him this season. All right, well, let's go with uh, the presumed future of the Angels organization to the present and past, and that is Mike Trout, of course. And uh, am I remembering correctly, Michael, that you were a Trout for number one overall proponent? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, you are remembering that correctly. (laughs) I thought so. Uh, But I just saw an interesting piece in The Athletic from Ken Rosenthal where Trout said, and I mean, you almost have to chuckle. I think you do have to chuckle (laughs) reading the quotes of this piece because Trout said that he's been fighting something at the plate for the last year and a half. He's feeling more comfortable and has figured some things out. Yeah. And if you go back and you look, you know, just to make sure that your memory isn't failing you. Yeah, there's no real drop off there <laughs> that could be that could be discerned uh, so I, the one thing I found was fewer walks but I'm not even sure we can chalk that up to any skill difference for Trout because he actually saw a lot more pitches in the strike zone last season for whatever reason that might be so um, with that said I mean does this make you feel better about <laughs> Trout at number one did you ever waver in that no, I never wavered in that, but I'll happily take the bait here, Al. Uh, people are just putting too much. There, there's way too much uh, value, way too much for me, for my, for what I think. There's too much stock being put into getting steals early in the draft, pushing people to go away from Mike Trout. Mike Trout has been the best hitter in Major League Baseball for nearly a decade. He remains comfortably the best hitter. And then I think Juan Soto is comfortably the second best hitter. And then we get to the next group of guys. And the only reason they are in the discussion with uh, with Trout from a fantasy perspective is because of the steals. And while I understand that line of thinking, I think it is missing the forest for the trees. If you have an opportunity to take the best hitter in baseball, who we all agree is the best hitter in baseball, you take that opportunity and you figure steals out later I want all the Mike Trout I can possibly have. And the fact that I can get it at five, six, or seven is absolutely ridiculous. All right. Well, a thought to take with you is we all are heading into our final drafts in this last week or so before opening day. So uh, that's going to wrap up this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. And before we sign off here, be sure to check out Ding You, presented by BetMGM. It's our March Madness show. Listen on the Daily Ding podcast feed or watch the show on YouTube. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we will return here on Wednesday. Wednesday.